is, man, they're scheduling people. Sometimes they flake. Mm -hmm. There's all types of like backend work to edit the video, edit the reels, uh, make the captions, upload the reels every single day, day in and day out. And then trying to like just continue to create content that's engaging. And then also accepting the fact that sometimes you might make the best interview, the best content, and you're only going to get like 50 views on it. Yeah. And, and then just taking that, you know, just, just taking that hit and just, you know, you just got to keep walking with it. Hey everyone, welcome to the Untapped Potential Podcast, where we interview visionaries from the Pacific Northwest. Today we're doing another roundtable talk to close out season three. Good season, man. It's been a it's been a really really great season. A lot of great guests, a lot of wide range of topics and in, in industries that they work in, and I like the fact that we've been able to fit a lot of these roundtable talks too because it's um it's one of our most popular ones now segments. Yeah, man. I think I think we really turned it up this season production wise. Brought a lot of amazing guests. We've always had amazing guests, but I think we're doing them more justice. Mm -hmm. You know, with we got more reels out. We've got this beautiful set. We've got new segments. You know, we had our our friend Real Vlogs, Carlos, come through, and we had that roundtable talk with him, which which did great. You yeah. know, not just you know in numbers, but I think I had a good time doing it. Right, you had Absolutely. a good time as well. Yeah, and man, I, I'm just I'm having fun with it. You know, and yeah. we're three seasons in. This is episode 45, and I'm still having fun with it. And I think for me, that's what means the most. Absolutely. And not only that, too, we've we've gone from season one, we we're in a kitchen table doing interviews. We started off between you and me just doing interviews with each other. And then <laughs> yeah. we upgraded to this whole set, you know, like yeah. uh, we got a sign. We got I mean, we got all this equipment now. And so within you know three seasons we've gone through an immense amount of growth and it's only episode 45 yeah man someone called us a media company today yeah <laughs> isn't that crazy that's crazy to me because yeah i mean you can even cue the clips of season one man we we were so nervous it, right. it sounded a little forced um you know it, it we've grown a lot that's mm -hmm. what i could say for sure and uh you know i'm proud of us man i'm Absolutely. proud of us and you know i i can't uh leave out our our crew you know our production crew our girlfriends really yeah. <laughs> uh darcy and Mireya, who are behind the boards controlling the sound and the video um it's a team here you know it, it's more than just us and you know our guests the people watching the people who've subscribed if you haven't subscribed make sure you subscribe right now and um you know it's it's really a group effort and i'm i'm just really glad that um we've made it this far yeah me too man me too and who knows what season four will hold but you know, we'll uh, we'll continue to pump out these episodes. We enjoy doing them. So, sure. um, so yeah, we we want to give back to the community too and bring on artists and and other people that are influential in this area. Not only artists, I should say, but uh, business people, uh, motivational speakers, people that are from this area, the Pacific Northwest, because this is an area that doesn't get a lot of exposure. is It's underrepresented, and that's the main goal behind our podcast is to bring yeah. that to life. Visionaries from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I like that tagline. Yeah. Man, well, let's dive into the topics, man. We got some solid yeah. topics for today's roundtable. So today's roundtable, I want to talk about an interesting uh, development in this like AI, artificial intelligence, like space. I don't know if you've heard of it, Max, but um, they're starting to have AI generate images based off of prompts that you give it. Have you Have you heard about that before? I have, yeah. There's like a lot of... A lot of nuances with that, man. There's you have to they have to like go and train the model and scrape through data. Right. Um, and you know, as like we continue on with this conversation around AI artificial technology and how it's, 
you know, consuming the data that we give it, it's also susceptible to like the biases of our own society. And that's one thing that is really prevalent in like all these research studies that they're doing is it's, right. it's reinforcing whatever we train it to do. Yeah, it's interesting because when I think about it, you know, I think of Google right mm -hmm. away. When I think about AI, I think about Google, Facebook, those big tech companies. And um, one thing that I've kind of noticed that has been going on for a while now is, you know, those little captchas, those little things that yeah. you got to like click on images. From what I understand is you're actually clicking on those images because you're teaching the AI how to identify certain things wow. in a picture. Yeah. So it's getting you to verify that you're a human, but in doing so, you're showing this computer how to be more human. Interesting. You know what I mean? That's mind blowing to me. I didn't I didn't you know ever that? hear of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I've heard, but now I think it's going on a bigger scale. I think they're actually using all that they have. You know, we have stronger processes. Uh, processors, stronger mm -hmm. computers to where they can actually start learning like to be full-blown humans, you know, right. or human intelligence and beyond, right? Right. Absolutely. And um, I want to pivot over to the um, the computer screen now. Um, there's this um, artificial intelligence model called Dolly, and it's named after Salvador Dolly, and it combines Wally, the robot from the Pixar movie. Mm. Um, they call it Dolly, and this whole project is around taking artificial intelligence and um, having it learn through a bunch of different training models and data that you feed it. I right. think there was over 100 million images used uh, with captions associated with each that describe the images that this model trained off of. Um, and they've gotten it to the point where there's two versions now. There's a Dolly one, um, which we're going to test into right away. We're going to put in prompts to see what it, uh, what it right. gives us. Um, but there's also Dolly two, which is, um, I believe under beta, there's a limited, uh, people, a limited amount of people who can use it, Right. but it, it gives even better results, even, even better than, than some humans who try to create prompts from, from the, uh, the captions that are given. Wow. Okay. It's amazing. And so um, here's the webpage for those who are interested in learning more about Dolly. Um, there's a public API available, which if you're a tech person um, and no code, you can, you can integrate um, that API into your data. But just some examples here, I'm going to zoom in. Um, this is some, these are some of the prompts that um, it, uh, researchers have put into the model. Right. And these are some of the generated images that came out as a result. So this one says, an illustration of a baby daikon radish in a tutu walking a dog. And those images right there are the images <laughs> that this AI generated. It's mind-blowing. So it, it didn't pull images from the internet. It just like, well, I'm, I'm sure that's where it got the info, but... Mm -hmm. These are unique images that it created based on the prompt. Exactly. Given. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Here's another one. And I love how specific these are because it, it really tests the model and, and the accuracy of right. it. An armchair in the shape of an avocado and all these different options. Yo, they got like, that's versatile. Right. Yeah. Right. They got options. And here's another one I found really interesting. A storefront that has the word open AI written on it. Ah, uh, okay. So these are all computer generated. It looks real in some of these. Yeah, and they've got different types of storefronts, you know, I guess depending on the type of vibe and neighborhood that they're going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. man. And what happens is once it receives this information and it goes through the data that it's trained to learn, 
Um, it goes through various phases of information to help uh, create the final image that is displayed that the AI thinks that it's descriptive enough for us to understand what it is. Well, this AI is, a, you know, it's created to be like a ultra efficient brain, but it's so efficient that it's like just category it categorizes things differently than a human brain. So once it comes up with its final output, it needs to translate it back into like something that a human could understand. Right. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. It's mind blowing too. So we're going to take this uh, for a little test drive here. Um, there's this website called huggingface.co. Um, they have uh, the Dolly Mini, which is the first version of the Dolly available for you to kind of just run and, and right. test things off of. So I wanted, I have a couple of prompts um, that I had in mind. And I wanted to start off with an image of first Mexican American president of the United States of America giving a state of the union address. Oh, wow. Okay. That's just, that's really specific. Okay. We'll let's, just see what happens. We'll yeah, just let's see. see what's good. Let's see what's good with it. I'm curious to see what, what pops out though. The ones that you were showing are crazy, man. The mm -hmm. avocado thing, the, the storefront. One hour later. Okay, let's see what we've got. All right, so the prompt was first a Mexican-American president and uh, interesting images here. This looks like George Washington. Yeah. And like a, uh, like a painting, like a, a I don't know. They I don't know what kind a, of... A bunch of Picassos, man. Yeah, and it's an unclear face. Like it's, yeah. I guess it's not good at making faces. It's like abstract art. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, what was your prompt? Let's do um let's do sausage playing football in a tutu. Something random. All right. Let's throw the curveball. Yeah, crazy how it went straight to like the old, you know, sixteenth century paintings. Right. I think we need to be less descriptive on that one. Sausage playing football is good. Uh all right, so we got the result. Sausage playing football. I like how they did a soccer ball when we typed in football. Isn't that crazy? Internationally, football is is what we know as soccer in the U.S. Yeah. You know? And it did a fairly decent job. Yeah, it even had, look, look at that little, the sixth image. It even has another guy trying to stop him, like with a little open mouth. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's crazy that this is this was all computer generated based on what we put in right, right? now. Right? That's yeah. like you know what I wonder if somebody else was to type this, you know, at a later time or if we were to try it at a later time, if it would give the same images. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like is it just pumping and dumping same. the same thing every time or is it generating is it learning and growing every time? Right. That's what I'm curious about, but Yeah. The one um, I want to touch on the bias and limitations note at the very end here. Oops. Zoom in here. Okay. Uh, while the capabilities of image generation models are impressive, they also may reinforce or exacerbate societal biases. Mm. While the extent and nature of the biases of the Dolly Mini model have yet to be fully documented, given the fact that the model was trained on unfiltered data from the internet, it may generate images that contain stereotypes against minority groups. Um, that is, uh, just one thing that I, again, reinforces the fact that 
whatever this model is trained off of, right. which is our own views, ideas, opinions, and reflection on what society looks like. It's going to be reinforced here. Um, That's good that they put that there, though, you know, right. to like shed light on that. Right. And just imagine the, the I guess, the industries that would be affected with this time, kind of technology. Right. Like I mentioned, the Dolly 2 is more advanced and has like uh, better images that it produces. And they compared it to like some graphic designers as well. And it was pretty damn good. Like some right. of the prompts that it gave. And so that almost makes me think of like what that looks like for the future of creatives who work in like illustration or, or graphic design. They may have a tough time competing with somebody, you know, from corporate who can type in like a, a prompt on the internet and get like right. an image for their asset and their own use. Yeah. It might even be like, think about it like fast food, you know, there's fast food and then there's like the mom and pop shop that makes burgers. Right. You know, you could go get the burger at McDonald's, but it might taste better if you went to the mom and pop shop, pop shop you know, right. They make it like with passion and like it's their formula. It's not like just a cookie cutter formula. Across. Right. right. Yeah. It might be like shoemaking too. how um, cobbling. You know, the, the people, the cobblers are the people who make shoes and like repair them. Right. That art is completely, almost completely lost now. It's hard to find a yeah. cobbler in the area. Um, but yeah, really cool, really interesting stuff here. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Let's see what happens, man. AI is cool, but also kind of scary. Right. You know, we got to see what we do with it. All right. We'll hop on to the next topic. Back to the office. Yeah, man. So... I've been noticing this trend on LinkedIn, just on social media and just within, you know, our friend group, really. A lot of companies are calling employees to go back to the office. Right. It's kind of like, quote unquote, and I say this with air quotes because it's not, obviously not the end of the pandemic, but it's almost like a lot of companies are starting to move like it's the end of the pandemic. Like, let's get back in the office at least a few times a week. And I think a lot of people aren't really with it, man. Yeah. I mean, you saw, I don't know if you've seen on the news, actually, the the news around Apple and how people are pushing back yeah. on uh, returning to the office. Uh, top executives in, in critical departments like engineering are leaving in top companies because they don't feel like they need to go into the office to do their right. job. They've been doing it virtually for two years, you know? Um, and the flexibility that comes with that, I mean... You're not sitting in traffic for like an hour each way in some cases, right? Like you're saving those two hours a day and, and recovering and, and having that for your own time. Um, you know, you, you don't have to sit around and sit in like useless meetings that you're not contributing to. You know, it's there's more efficiencies around working from home that I think it wasn't until companies were forced to put their employees virtually. Right. That, you know, they realized that it would have happened. Otherwise, like, I don't think it would never have happened in, yeah. unless companies were forced to do it. One thing I've noticed, at least in my company, that people are doing more is if their people were done with their deliverables for the week or for the day, they're like, I'm taking PTO the rest of the week or I'm taking PTO the rest of the day and right. I'll be on call, oh. you know? And I think that's cool because when we were in the office, it was, no, I'm going to be here from eight to five every day, regardless if I have stuff to do. You can always find stuff to do, right? Mm -hmm. You could just keep staying busy. But it's like, I don't need to do that. Right. That's not improving anything for the company. It's not doing anything for my career. And the company and myself are actually better off if I have some time to decompress right. so that I can do my work in a you know better state of mind. 
Right. And the happier employee generates better results and they're more productive generally during yeah. during working hours. Exactly. And I actually saw a joke saying that like some middle managers mm -hmm. actually want people to come back to the office because that's pretty much their job is just to like micromanage people's work. Right. For the most part. <laughs> I, I don't think that applies to all man all middle managers or all companies, but I just saw that and I kind of laughed. I was like, man, that's crazy. And also that some egotistical like managers or leaders want people to be back in the office so they can like exert their power kind of show off like i'm the vp or i'm the leader here like right. this is my corner office type thing and i'm yeah. sure like the majority of people aren't like that but there's like a small you know subculture yeah. of people that want to get into leadership positions just so they could flex it and you can flex it even better if you're in person right yeah so that's that kind of weird but yeah don't you think that whole uh because the whole time i've been working in corporate life or whatever right. it's like you know, like you need to have this executive presence, but all, it turns out it's just bullshit. You know, it's like, right. you don't, you, in order for you to be successful in your position, the presence doesn't need to be physical. You know, it's no. like that executive presence is really only somebody's perception of how good a leader, leader is. It yeah. really isn't the fact that they can actually lead an efficient and effective team. For sure. And that's the biggest realization that I have during this time. Yeah. I will say, though, I think it is a little harder to network if you're virtual because you actually have right. to take that initiative to go make those connections. You're not just going to run into someone at the water cooler or, you know, on the way in the hallway or whatever. But I think if you're intentional with your career, you don't need to be in the office. I feel like if you're using the excuse of, oh, we need to go back into the office in order to network, you're just a bad networker and you need to stop making that excuse because... You could take that initiative. You could set up, uh, you know, a virtual call with video and it's pretty much doing the same thing. Right. I actually got this video, man. I thought it was kind of funny because there's a lot of jokes about virtual work and, you know, how, uh, you know, virtual meetings are a little cringy. But let's watch this video real quick. I, th I thought this one was really funny. OK, let's just go on 10 there now, Kevin. Will we kick off the meeting? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Yeah, I, I can hear you. Okay, um, so uh, I was looking at the marketing strategy globally for the digital products <laughs> of, is everything okay? Yeah, yeah, all good my end. Yeah, well I was just saying that the strategy we have at the moment is not as aggressive as it should be. How he I'm leans simple... in. <laughs> is there a problem Kevin? This yeah, is what yeah, Darcy does off you. camera. Yeah, it's just you made a face when I, was, when I was talking there. Oh, you can see me. Boy. And we don't got to watch yes. this whole video, but um, I just thought that it was funny, I... you know, that little clip about you know, the things that, that you do that we're, we're just so used to now, you know, working virtually, like, you know, not having to like put on a face during a meeting, not having to actually like be present. I think mm -hmm. that that's, that's cool. And, and that's something that a lot of people are, are going to, you know, push back on giving up. Yeah, no, definitely. And for me, like I take advantage of every moment I have working from home because I have yeah. to go into the office two days a week. And for me, it's two hours of a commute a day, which you know, I obviously like, you know, having time with the people I work with right? Um, and just having like those off screen, like conversations to get them know more, to get to know them more personally. Right. But um, man, I, I love not having to drive that and just having to wake up and just go to the other room and, and log into work and do my thing. Yeah. My team, we still meet like for lunch once a month and stuff. So I think that that's cool just to keep that camaraderie and we get together. We don't talk about work. Obviously, we talk about just our personal lives and just catch yeah. up. And I think that's nice and necessary, too, because you do got to build at least some type of relationship with your coworkers, right? That's outside sure. of just work stuff. Absolutely. But 
Yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought that was that was kind of an interesting topic. And a lot of our listeners, you know, uh, you know, they work from home and they're they're part of this virtual work environment. So I know y'all can relate. If you're working from home and you ain't trying to go back to the office, man, let us know. Drop a comment. Next but, topic I want to talk about is college. Ooh. Okay. You're going through that right now. You're going getting your master's degree. Yeah, man. Seattle U. I'm actually repping Wazoo right now. This is where I got my undergraduate degree in business. Go Cougs. So go Cougs. <laughs> I know there's a lot of Cougs out there. But yeah, I'm getting my MBA at Seattle U right now. I actually just wrapped up my first year, man. Got a 4.0 GPA so far. Let's see if we can keep it up. Let's go. Fingers, but, um, finger snaps for, for Max. Let's go. Oh, thank <laughs> you. But um, yeah, and you got your MBA from WSU as well as your bachelor's degree. So, right. you know, both of us have definitely been through the college ringer. We know what it's like to, you know, be in them books and doing the tests and going through all that stuff. So mm -hmm. we've seen the positives and the negatives of college. But the big question right now is, is college worth it? Right. What do you think? So in my perspective, obviously we're biased because you're getting your master's and I have mine. So outside of that, I think I think college serves a great purpose for somebody like me who needs a foundation to work off of. Like growing up, you know, my parents didn't work in like um, big corporations and having to deal with a lot of numbers. Um, they haven't gone through like the college experience and, and understanding, you know, networking and things like that. And so for me, I couldn't really rely on them for guidance. Right. I right. couldn't, you know, I didn't have any growing up. I didn't have any brothers living with me. So, um, all of it was just kind of like working around this abstract idea of, yeah, I need to go to college and I know I need to get a job. And I think college is the way that I can get there. But if I just decided to skip college and just do my own thing, I would have failed way more. And I know like there's a cost associated with going to college and that's right. expensive too. But I feel like for me personally, that cost was worth it because I was able not only to network with people while I was in college and create great friendships like I've made with you, but I was also able to learn the fundamentals of things. And that's where college is really valuable. Yeah. And I took that to the next step of going to my master's degree to dial in on subjects that I needed to know more of to be successful. But it was already in areas that I knew I wanted to progress in. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But a uh, question for you. When you went into college, did you know you wanted to do business right away? And did you like dial into that and get it done in four years? Or were you kind of like undecided at first and like take longer? That's a great question. I knew I wanted to do something in business yeah. because for me, in my simple mind back then, like I knew if I got a job in business, I could get a job in any company because you needed a business degree to work yeah. in a business, right? I didn't know what I was going to do exactly. So I, at first, like, you know, it could have been accounting, it could have been economics, it could have been like a multitude of different things. But like those first few years are critical to understanding like what you like what your lane is within that field. Yeah. But I feel for a lot of people who don't know like what to even start in, you know, like for sure. there's some people that decide to go into theater and, and do that. And that's great. And then there's also people who just decide to pursue one thing and, you know, two years into it, they're like, oh, wow, I hate this, you know? Right. <laughs> and I feel for those people. Yeah. And I kind of relate to you on the side of like, you know, you got to know what you want to do right when you get into college. Because when I first started, I'm not going to lie, I wanted to do psychology at first. 
Oh, so interesting. I started WSU and I was like, man, I want to go into psychology. I want to help people. You know, I want to have a, a, you know, a platform where I can help people. Untap <laughs> Look at podcast. where we're at now. See, but it ties. It's crazy because it yeah. goes full circle, man. Because I, I wanted to go to college because I wanted to help people. But I realized that psychology was not going to be my best bet because I was a first generation college student. Mm -hmm. And in psychology, in order to be successful, you need a graduate degree most times. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, nobody in my family's gotten a bachelor's degree. How am I supposed to get a master's degree? So I was like, right. no, hold on. Let's chill. Let's let's choose a field that's more for sure. And then I'll figure out how to help people with it later. Right. So okay. I was like, I'm going to do business because I, I, in, in high school, I was already doing a little side hustles mm. and I was like, man, I could, I could do a career in this because I find that interesting. I want to learn it by the book though. Mm -hmm. So then I started doing the business school, but I'm not going to lie to you, man. I wasn't passionate about what I was learning in college. Right. What I was passionate about was getting involved in organizations, mm -hmm. you know? So I got involved with the fraternity. I got involved with, uh, business organizations. I got involved with other events on campus that helped me mold into a leader mm. and helped me gain a network of people that empowered me to become successful in other areas in my life. But the actual learning in a classroom stuff, I don't think it was of that much value, to be honest with you, because right. even in my current job, I don't really use it that much. Yeah. So I think that the real value for me in college is the network that you get and the way that you take advantage of the opportunities in this unique environment where people are kind of like in this purgatory of growth. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of being thrown straight into the workforce, you have four more years of growth. Right. And I think that that's the biggest value of college, not the degree. Right. Yeah. Because you know? I wouldn't I would not have been able to do any corporate job at 18 years old. Like for sure. No way. I was struggling yeah. in a call center, calling up people when I was working for like American, Ex American Express during a college summer. And just like, man, like I can't even do that. You know, I wasn't prepared yeah. for it. But yeah, I totally get where you're coming from on that. Yeah, man. And I was on the executive board for organizations in college. And I think that's what gave me the confidence once I once I graduated and I joined, you know, corporate America. Right. That's when I that's why I was confident when I was in those meeting rooms or leading meetings in corporate America, because I was doing it on a smaller scale in college. Right. You know, and I was meeting people with different perspectives, going different routes. And I still keep in touch with a lot of those people today. So I think like long story short, in my opinion, if you're going to college just to go to college and you don't know what you're going to get a degree in, it's actually still not that bad because you can still get a network. But if your plan is just to go there, pull out a bunch of loans and get a degree that you're probably that's probably not going to pay off. College is probably not in your best interest. But if you know what you want to do, you know, you're going to get a positive return on investment and you're going to take advantage of the opportunities. Do it. If you're just yeah. going to go party, get drunk don't do it. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. All right. This segues off to our next topic, the toughest part of creating a business or a side hustle. So we have a little bit of experience doing this side hustle. Uh, growing up, you mentioned that you had experience doing uh, your side hustles and things like that. I want to start off with you, like your experience in doing that. Yeah. Yeah, man. So man, high school was a crazy time for me, man. Some, some of you people know, some of you people don't know. I used to like make music or whatever. I used to like rap a little bit. Um, that was more of something like more of a passion project, something I like just genuinely like to do. But I actually used to have like a YouTube channel where we'd make like funny videos with my friends. Oh, really? And then I, we also started a clothing line. And like we actually sold a pretty good amount of like shirts at school. When I was doing the music, I sold a lot of mixtapes. When we were doing the YouTube videos, 
we actually gained like up to like 400 subscribers. This was like freshman, sophomore year of high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we were like doing, we were doing things, you know, we never stayed committed to either one, but the fun of building something is what I liked. It's kind of something that I noticed, like, this is something that I could do. I like building stuff. I like mm -hmm. being strategic and like being part of the planning process for like a business, essentially. Yeah. So that's, that's a little bit about my experience. Yeah. Yeah. That resonates with me too, because growing up in high school. I had a tough time getting a job because, and it's kind of like the, uh, what do they call it? Like the catch 22, I think it is. Right. Um, yeah, where I couldn't get a job because I didn't have experience, but I didn't have experience because I couldn't get a job. Right. And I had a really tough time finding a job. It wasn't until like I was, uh, like after my 16th birthday, I was finally able to get a job and it wasn't luxurious or anything. I mean, I don't think any of our first jobs are. I worked at Quiznos in Las Vegas and um, I remember I was making six bucks an hour back then. And after a wow. full weeks of work, after a full two weeks of work, I should say, my paycheck was something around like $350. And I was like, I was like, man, <laughs> I was like, I need to do something else right. um, because I cannot live off of 350 bucks every two weeks. You know, like I just, I can't, you yeah. know? Um, and that's what kind of like reinforced my decision to go to college. But ultimately, you know, I wanted, I knew coming out of college, I wanted to do something of my own. Right. I didn't know what that was, but I needed experience first. And so I, I started off in the career, um, corporate field, right. um, path. And, uh, I, I, I'm very thankful for the experience I've gotten up until now because, you know, I learned so much about business, actually doing business, you know, like messing up on somebody else's dime was yeah. the real um pleasure I've gotten of just working in in the corporate life and just getting right. all these different types of experiences under my belt cuz then ultimately when I did start my business it's dripped for those of you who have been watching the the podcast you'll notice that I'm wearing and sometimes Max is wearing uh clothing items from the store um that's something I've been working on over the past 2 years or so almost 3 years actually right. this year um, and it's a, it's a big passion project of mine. Um, and I learned a lot through that business. I thought, so here's my background. I have an MBA. I, I graduated in, in, uh, 2013 and, um, I thought like, you know, my nine, 10 years of, uh, of experience would, I would just like kill it right. in a side hustle. And man, like what people don't know is it doesn't matter how much experience you have. You're going to get punched in the mouth starting a business, dude, because okay. it doesn't matter if it's big or small. There's a lot that you have to understand of just how a business operates. And it's not just it's not as easy as just putting up a storefront, putting up a Facebook page or a, an Instagram page and just like paying for ads. There's way more to that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Way more. So. Yeah, man. And I've really learned a lot through you and your experience with Drip, you know, because I've kind of been there on some steps of the way and stuff. And I've, you know, you've shared a lot of what you've learned with me. And man, it's a lot tougher than a lot of people think, you know. Right. And I learned that on a smaller scale when I was in high school, we were trying to do a clothing brand. We'd run into all types of issues that now looking back at it, I'm like, we bit off way more than we could chew because we'd order shirts, right? We were like, okay, let's do five mediums, five larges, and five smalls, right? For example. And then, all the mediums would sell out on day one and then we're stuck with so many larges and so many smalls. And I'm like, bro, this is frustrating. Like, why aren't people ordering larges and mediums? And it's like, okay, 
maybe we need to like figure out, maybe we need to do a pre-sale to figure out what sizes to order first, right. or, you know, how are we going to do this? And like little things that you run into as a business owner that a lot of people don't consider tying it back to the podcast. You know, a lot of people probably watch this podcast and they're like, oh man, I could do a podcast right now. And sure, you probably can. But man, it takes so much time and effort Oof. to start a podcast and to keep it consistent and to add like to be a good podcast because, man, they're scheduling people. Sometimes they flake. Mm -hmm. There's all types of like back end work to edit the video, edit the reels, uh, make the captions, upload the reels every single day, day in and day out. And then trying to like just continue to create content that's engaging and then also accepting the fact that sometimes you might make the best interview, the best content, and you're only going to get like 50 views on it. Yeah. And, and then just taking that, you know, just just taking that hit and just, you know, you just got to keep walking with it. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that a lot of people don't consider, whether it's a podcast, a clothing business or any type of side hustle. You're going to run into issues. You're going to run into obstacles, but you just got to keep going, man. Yeah. And even thinking about some of the guests that we've had on this show. In their experiences, like, you know, for example, promoting music. Right. Some people thought like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to create an album, put it up on Spotify and and it's all going to it's all going to work. You know, I think a lot of people have this, you know, glamorized idea of what success looks like if they just tried something for the first time and did it. And in reality, you're going to have to have a lot of first tries to make that one thing work. And a lot of people aren't just accepting of that. They just think like. Oh yeah, it's easy. Like anybody can do it. Yeah. Even creating a business, a small business, like, oh yeah, dude, it's it's easy. Yeah. It's not easy. No matter what experience you have, whatever, wherever you come from, it's it's not easy. But you have to have the faith within yourself that eventually you're gonna learn and improve enough that it is gonna work and it is gonna be successful. And you have to have that faithful belief. And it may take years to get there. And trust me, for a lot of people, it's taken years for them to get there. But that just blind faith of just continuing the pursuit of whatever they're doing um, eventually will lead to success. But you got to also be realistic and adjust when, whenever necessary. Yeah, just like don't relent your pursuit today, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. No, for real. But if there's people out there that are, you know, starting a side hustle or doing something, no matter what it is, man, if you're running into obstacles, you just got to keep going, man. And don't let these obstacles like get to you. Don't let seeing us having like a successful podcast make you think like, oh man, like I can't do it myself. Cause honestly, you're seeing the most polished version of us. Everything mm -hmm. that we put out, it took us hours, days. Go watch our first episode if you want to get some motivation, man. Cause it's Oof. way worse than this one. And, <laughs> and when you watch season six, like a few years from now, you're going to be like, wow, we're going to look back at this episode and be cringing. So just know that it's a process and just appreciate yourself and live for the journey. Don't live for the end result. Cause you know, social media is full of a lot of just wins and end products. Don't compare yourself to the end product and trust your process. Truth, truth. And with that, I want to talk about our favorite moments of this season. Cool. I think this is um, obviously season four. It's been over a year of us doing this. Season three. Season three. Gosh. Almost man. season four. Almost though. season four. <laughs> season three. Over a year of doing this just yeah. straight. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, man, I want to talk about some of the moments over the past 15 episodes <laughs> that uh, you've enjoyed the most. So one of the moments that really stood out we're to gonna me do in the future. was our episode with uh, Lucas Pinto. He is the CEO of Lucas Pinto Real Estate Group. Great guy, man. He, share, he shared a wealth of knowledge with us. Um, and I really like this clip right here where he talks about starting from the bottom. 
have a plan what you were going to do in the future at that point dude that that's the interesting thing because i i see a lot of of young people today in their early 20s and they they put so much pressure on themselves to have it all figured out mm -hmm. dude like we were talking about this 10 years ago i had no clue Mm -hmm. who or what yeah. I wanted to be. Real estate wasn't even an idea at that point. Wow. The go at the time was, okay, I'm serving. Damn, a bartending job makes 50K a year. That's mm -hmm. what I want to do. So mm -hmm. that like the goal was just like become a bartender. Wow. I, I knew from a young age that I wanted to get the, the money situation sorted out. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know how though. Did you mm -hmm. already have a plan what you were going to see. Do I really like that clip because I feel like that's just reassuring to a lot of young people. You know, myself, I'm in my I'm in my mid 20s now. And I, I remember when I was in my early 20s and even still now, sometimes I second guess my path. I'm like, man, am I really doing what I'm passionate about? Like, is this a route worth going down? Like, am I going to be successful? Am I successful for my age group? And, you know, I think that that's just so reassuring mm -hmm. to hear someone else who is successful say that, like, you know, I was 20, I was bartending. My next goal was to become, you know, the next level, you know, and I was like, man, I feel like that's that's such a positive like mentality to have, you know, is like you could be in a certain situation, but you can always level up and you just got to you just got to have tunnel vision for what's next. And you can't let like little obstacles get in the way. Yeah, I totally agree. And and uh, Lucas's episode was really great this season because obviously he's somebody who sold hundreds of millions of dollars worth of homes. And so yep. from that perspective of managing a business that large is um is fantastic to have and i feel like a lot of young people too they get caught up with the fact that they're like i i want to get this type yeah. of car or i want to get this type of money but no real like purpose around like the things that would get them to be there you know i think from there like people like to take shortcuts and like to cut around corners and eventually that pushes them off the path that they should be on yeah and what Lucas said is he was really intentional. He knew he wanted to make more money and figure out that money situation, but he realized that he had to build his own skills in order to get there. Right. And that would get him to the next level that he got, but he was never satisfied. And so he continued to build new skills mm -hmm. in order to achieve what ultimately is the result 10 years later of this big achievement of his, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah, you're only as successful as your mindset. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I really like that one. Another one that really stood out to me was Mohammed, you know I mean? man. Not, this guy's no, whole just... interview hit me right in the soul, man. I related a lot to his story. I was really empowered by his story. But I really like this clip here where he's talking about turning challenge into triumph. When things got tough, just like my whole life, you know what I mean? Not knowing English, like I said in the beginning, you know, when I came to America, making friends, being part of leadership, being a school board representative when I was 16. I was like, man, like, the the, the true essence and beauty of just believing in yourself first. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And when no one believes it, when no one sees it for you, when you see it in yourself, that goes such a long way. So that was the first time I was like, when I'm devastated, I could turn a challenge into a triumph. When, when, when things got tough. See, I really like loved this clip, man, because it spoke to me personally, man. I came to the U.S., first-generation immigrant. I honestly didn't know English very well until, like, probably second or third grade, to mm. be honest with you. And, you know, I faced a lot of struggles, a lot of, like, personal issues growing up, like mental health stuff. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of challenges, really. But, you know, like when he said, you know, when no one sees that value in you, but when you see it in yourself, like no one can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. And I remember having moments like that, like in high school and middle school, when I felt like 
the world didn't really see the value in me. And like, mm-hmm. I saw my circumstances. I was like, man, I'm just like, to be honest, like a poor kid from a small town. Like if I don't get up off my, off my ass and go get it, no one's going to give it to me. But I know if I go out there, I can get anything I want, man. Yeah. And I really like that he said that because, man, when he was saying it, I was like, man, I relate to that in my soul. And I'm, I'm just so glad that we can bring on guests that, like, remind me of my own journey. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, shout out to Muhammad. Shout out to Muhammad, man. The last clip that really stood out to me was Leo, man. Leo was another great story that I can relate to a lot, man. He's a, he's an artist from the Dominican Republic. Um, he makes uh, Latino Urbano music. And man, he just, you, you can tell this guy has a lot of passion for what he does. And he shared a lot of gems. And right here, he's talking about how instant success is fake. What I always tell, um, and, I'll, and I'll go ahead and say here for anybody that's, yeah. you know, listening. If anybody promise you instant success, you know, it's a scam. Yeah. Right. You know, that's not, you know, it just uh, success doesn't work that way. It, it's, it takes hard work and, and dedication. Yeah. You know, anybody can... For me, for example, right now at this moment, I'm at twenty thousand monthly listeners. But that took me, you know, a couple months of, right. of going up, and I was happy when right. it was at two thousand. I was happy when it was five thousand, and I'm happy now. And yeah, and I just keep enjoying, you know, every single growth that I get. But yeah. I, at least I know that it's a hundred percent me. And what I always tell, um, and yeah. I'll t- what I really liked about this clip is you could tell that Leo is just a humble guy, mm-hmm. you know, who works hard and he really loves what he does, and like. You could tell, like, when he says, like, you know, I was thankful for the 500, the 1,000, the 2,000. Now, you know, he's up to, you know, in the tens of thousands of monthly listeners. And he's not letting the numbers get to his head. He's not letting that drive his decisions. Right. And I think that's the powerful thing because at the core of his creativity is his passion for the art and not the clout, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like in this generation, we've got a lot of clout chasers. we got a lot of people that are doing stuff because they just want the numbers. The numbers are nice. And I can relate that to what we're doing with the podcast. Oh, yeah. I love that we're getting like the, you know, thousands of followers, the, you know, whatever, the the likes and all of that. But none of that means anything to me if I'm not passionate about this anymore. And that's right. one thing I'm super thankful for with this platform is I'm still passionate about it. I love doing this with you, bro. I love bringing on people. I love having these conversations. And I really like that Leo has that same mentality for his music. Right. We got to stay true to ourselves and know that we're on the right path, right? Yeah. And, you know, like with our stuff, like, yeah, we could do like the goofy TikTok dances or whatever that are on trend, but that's right. not true to us. That's not what we want to do. And ultimately, I don't think um, really successful people buy into the idea that they have to replicate what others think that they should do. You know, they, ha- they are on their own path and they're fully committed to their own vision. And it may be years down the line, kind of like we were talking about yeah. earlier, but they're fully committed and they enjoy each step of the process and they don't allow other people to dissatisfy them based off of their perceptions or judgments. And that's really important. Exactly. It's like, if I go viral, I'm cool with going viral for something I enjoy doing, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to go out of character just to go viral. You know, that's selling out in my opinion. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, my top three, we'll go over to my top three here. Uh, I really liked our roundtable talk when we had with uh, the one we had with Carlos. Yeah, um, that was a good one. This segment is uh, talking about um, the other life in the universe. Oops. Spinning yeah. around who knows what the f- that thing was. You know, we just can't just be here. And no one else around us, like no other civilization you're telling me in like however many <laughs> trillions of years this universe has been around, like there's nothing. 
Like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. Like, there's got to be something out there just looking at that picture of the known universe. It's like, yeah. Like, dude, there's so many stars out there. How can we be the only ones revolving around this one? Right. Like, I mean, just, just look at it like planet Earth. It's so small in the universe. But look at how many different types of life there is just on this planet. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. We got life that can survive in water, that can fly. Mm -hmm. You got us that can, like, build stuff. We got so many insects bacteria yeah uh trees yeah. like i can go on Plans, forever probably yeah. so many different types of life that survive just here on earth what makes us think that there is a life up. that can survive another man we we're passionate topic. about like, the topic i know right and what i love about this is it wasn't our traditional interview we wanted to right. go out and try different segments and i think even though this may be completely different to what other people may be watching and, and are used to like our content being we also have to right. evolve and adapt and figure out what, what new things work for us too. And, and this was a really good example. We have these offline conversations of the universe and, and stuff like that, uh, but to actually be able to put it in to video format into our podcast and not only that, bring on a guest that joined us literally for one of the first episodes of our first season here uh, right. was really special because we got to have that interaction and that, that just overall genuine conversation yeah and i mean i like that we do it because it's like our reason is is because it's fun right <laughs> you know because <laughs> yeah. we like to talk about stuff like that and yeah. i think a lot of people like to listen to stuff like that too and that's that's the beauty of these roundtable talks for sure yeah. for sure all right my next one uh this one is a really special one we had michael bumpus join us uh for those of you who didn't watch uh, the episode with him on it, go back and, and do it because it's it's worth watching. Uh, Michael Bumpus is a former Seahawks NFL player. Um, he also was a really prolific athlete for Washington State University back in the mid-2000s. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. And uh, yeah, this is his, um, his uh, story about life after the NFL and some of the challenges he faced around finding his true purpose. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? I've done this my whole life. I'm supposed to play 10 years in the league and make millions. Like, what's up? Mm -hmm. And we just need money. So I apply to Pepsi. I'm like stocking soda and selling it to stores and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm going through the store with my Pepsi gear on and people are stopping me. Hey, Bumpus, didn't you do that? You know, and like making a scene and stuff. But I'm like, shit, I got to do what I got to do, you know, to support my family. So I'm doing that. I'm already training athletes on the side, like on the weekends yeah. and stuff. And I just told Jen, I go, man, I'm done. Because I was done playing ball. And I'm like, all right. So I think that was a really important experience, too. I don't, I don't think we showed the first, second part of this. There was a second part of it. Right. But, um, yeah, just like going from such a, such a big career, big moment, and something that he's been working for his entire life got cut short because of an injury that was outside of his control. And just having to go back and, and understand his like realize like, okay, like what is, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. And for those that don't know, uh, Michael Bumpus and his wife eventually ended up creating a company called Elite Training Academy. Um, and they have a big network of athletes that work with them. Um, so they grew a really successful business after that experience. But it's just that moment that I think all of us have throughout our lives around questioning what our true purpose in life is. Yeah, man. Bump had such a powerful story. And honestly, I was going to choose this clip too, but I had a feeling you were going to choose it. <laughs> so I was like, I'll go with another one. But yeah, man, I, I think it's so powerful when someone can pivot, uh, you know, a tough situation into a positive. And, you know, he's a clear example of that. Absolutely. All right. And my last one is this one was uh, one of my favorite episodes too. 
Mexican all of them are great. But I think what I really loved about this is the energy that we had during this conversation. For sure. It's funny because we just met Mexi Jake like when we did this interview. We had never met before, but like we were having a conversation like if we already knew each other, you know, like right. we were homies. I'm like, they killed a king, Missy, that what? And then like everyone, uh, this guy said like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, like what the heck? Like all pissed off oh, and cause shit. Because you wet him? Because I wet him. <laughs> it was summer. It was freaking summer. You're at a show. Like, come oh on. Like, and then so uh, this guy comes up after me, uh, up, uh, to me after. He's like, hey, bro, like, yeah, you got everyone wet. I don't think they like that. Damn. <laughs> and then I'm like, nah, you're fine. And Big C's is like, oh, it's fine. Don't worry, bro. Yeah. You're in the moment. And then when I, we're packing up to leave, there's this guy who came up to me. He's like, yeah. hey, man, uh, good performance. I'm like, hey, thank you, man. I don't like the way you, uh, I don't like that you threw water at me, though. Damn. I thought that was disrespectful. <laughs> oh, like, oh, the little clips that you add, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, man. I was in the moment. He's like, ah, oh, it's cool, but, you know, don't do that again. I was like, oh, yeah, come on, man. I <laughs> yeah, man. The clips, in addition to the clip, it makes it, I think it just it shows it the funny. emotion. Yeah. Yeah, no, man. I, I think Mexi, the Mexi Jake interview was one of my favorites because it was like we were interviewing him about his life. So it was a serious interview. Right. But at the same time, we just had like a playful energy throughout the whole time because that's just the vibe that we had in that in that interview. Right. And I thought that was cool, you know, because a lot of people think like, oh, it's an interview based podcast. These guys are probably like getting deep and like talking about like traumatizing times or like deep life circumstances. Sometimes it's just playful, man. Sometimes it's like sharing a story about throwing water at the crowd or, you know, like like funny times in people's lives. And I, I think that's cool, you know, that we're we we got such a versatile podcast. One of our guests actually told us that today. He's oh, like, yeah. I was looking through your guys' interviews and it's really hard to like put you guys in a box because you guys have so much different types of content. You guys have interviewed like everybody from A to Z. And I, I think that's cool. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy that's where we've taken this. Yeah. And I'm glad people recognize that too. Cause we're not, you know, we're not just a real estate agent interview podcast. Like we've done a lot of real estate. We have done a lot of those. <laughs> um, and yeah. we're not just like a Seattle artists one either. Right. We want to interview visionaries, like people who do literally everything. They could be artists, could be business owners, they could be real estate agents, um, but there's so much talent in one city and we don't get enough representation, enough exposure on the internet. And that's what we set out here to do uh, in creating this podcast is to bring that to life. And so I'm really proud of the people that we brought on, the energy that we had on each interview, each episode, and and ultimately where, where this has taken us. For sure. It's been a solid season, man. Season sure. three. Blew my expectations out of the water, man. I'm excited for season four, five, six, season 100, man. We're coming. Hell we're yeah. coming hard. Yeah. We're... What? Pause, but yeah, we're about to get it. <laughs> Hell yeah. And let's keep it going, guys. If you guys like our podcast, like this episode, if you guys love these types of segments, roundtable talks, give us a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Comment below what you guys think. Um, and thank you once again for joining us for season three. We'll see you again in the fall. Peace. Peace.